Today on episode number 453 of the School of Podcasting's morning announcements, which you can find right over there at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 453, we're going to talk a little editing. We're going to talk a little speak pipe. We're going to talk a little, hey, just do the work. And we've also got, yes, even more podcast stats. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, look, I've been teaching technology probably since you were born, in some cases, like over 20 years. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology. I help you flatten that learning curve and get you on your way to pain-free podcasting. We talk about Pretty much, if it's about podcasting, you're going to hear about it here. So glad that you are here. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And uh, if you haven't got your ticket yet for New Media Expo, look, we're talking like a month away. And uh, there's a great video. I'll put a link to it on uh, on the show notes again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 453 with uh, Pat Flynn, Mr. Smart Passive Income himself. Uh, going over some of the, the things you can do to make your trip to any event better and awesome things like, I don't know, chapstick because your lips get chapped in uh, gum because uh, your breath stank uh, or so I'm told apparently. So, uh, yeah, use the coupon code SOP2015, that's SOP2015, and save 100 bucks off your ticket. Really, really looking forward to it. I keep hearing more and more people that are coming and I've never been to the National Association of Broadcasters, better known as NAB. Never done that. And from what I understand, it's huge. Like, really, just like, think really big and then, I don't know, triple it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, half the fun of uh, New Media Expo or really any kind of podcasting event is the networking, the networking at uh, night. So again, use the coupon code SOP. 2015, save $100 off that uh, sign-up. So looking forward to that. And uh, found some stats. Last week we talked about stats, stats, and more stats. You ready for this? In 2014, now if you've never heard of the podcast Serial, it's a really, really, really popular, very addicting podcast. And in 2014, this is according to digiday.com. Uh, Serial had 49 million downloads. Now, in 2015, I don't know that they've... When did they wrap that bad boy up? They, they've been kind of off the air for quite some time. They've already got 24 million downloads. And the interesting thing is PodTrack, P-O-D-T-R-A-C.com, replaced the MailKimp, which was their sponsor, with one for Audible, which made Serial the first podcast to attract basically an an advertiser while they weren't producing shows because word of mouth, people are still talking about that uh, that show. And so a uh, a report from Zenith Optimedia in 2014 forecasted that the podcasting ad market spend would remain about 34 million. Through 2016, 
Let's see what else. Uh, roughly 24% of Americans with a college degree listen to podcasts monthly, as do 26% of Americans earning more than $100,000. We talked about that last week. And that's kind of the fun thing is everybody's regurgitating, myself included, the uh, the stats. And um, here was an interesting one that I thought I didn't talk about last week, and I wanted to mention it here. Podcast advertising. This is why the money is going to start to come into podcasting. And that is uh, podcast advertising results in 62% uh, average unaided ad recall and 81% average increase in product or service awareness. So if you want to get your brand out there, start sponsoring a podcast. And 187, uh, I guess it's a, a 187 average increase in usage intent. Uh, they didn't say percent there, so I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. And a 69% average brand favorability rating, meaning, hey, if the hosts like it, maybe I'll give it a shot. And this is where we've talked about making money with your podcast in the in the past. Don't have a sponsor that you wouldn't use or wouldn't let your mom use. Because when you're endorsing that, even though you can say this is a sponsor, uh, people are kind of... Uh, thinking you're endorsing it. And hey, if Dave likes it, well, then I'll give it a shot by all means. So that's uh, some new news. Other thing I wanted to do, just to uh, peel back the curtain, uh, I guess it was last week, maybe the week before, I'm doing an experiment. If you go to podcastingforfree.com, I've had so many people ask me, you know, can you do a podcast for free? And I'm actually doing a podcast with my phone. And uh, this week we talk about... uh, is there a media host? Now, normally I recommend Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Use the coupon code SOP free to get a free month at either one of those. But I did find a free media host. And if you're a regular listener of this show, typically free media hosts last about 5.5 years. And then they go away because it's hard to uh, to pay the bills when you're getting paid in smiles. And uh, anyway, to get to the point of this, uh, this show has just come out, and to give you a realistic idea, now I did almost no promotion for this besides mentioning it here, uh, and it looks like I got around 37 downloads of last week's episode. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, now again, this is a niche of a niche of a niche. It's podcasting, but it's not just podcasting, it's how do I podcast for free. So it's the hobby podcaster who now wants to do it Without monthly fees is a more accurate phrase. So if you just start a podcast and you're like, well, how many downloads can I expect? I got 35. Now, on the other hand, just to give you some other insights. Yes, on the other hand, another experiment that I did was I, and I don't don't tell you the name of this. I'm not going to tell you the name of this. This is a show that I'm not promoting at all. It's an experiment. And I set out to make a really horrible podcast, just making all the mistakes that I feel people make. And the first episode came out in 2013, and it's been downloaded eight times. So if you're getting less than eight downloads, you need to rethink things. Um, The last, I only did, I think, nine episodes of this show. And it looks like the, the best show, the best episode was downloaded 70 times, which is hard to believe because these are really horrible. But um, that has also been out almost a year. 
so 70 downloads in a year, <laughs> which is proving this. And that's why I did that particular kind of podcast to see if I do one really, really, really bad, you know, what kind of downloads can I expect with zero promotion? And uh, there you go. So there are some of my uh, peeling back the curtain on some of the experiments that I do. Now, what makes a bad podcast in some cases is lack of editing. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of editing. I do some. You can go overboard with it. And today we're interviewing Amy Schmidtower, and she's awesome. She's a fellow Ohioan, and you'll hear me introduce her later. But one of the things I always look for when I do editing is an answer like this. So normally you would not hear this in my podcast, and we'll explain why here in just a second. Let's, uh, let's hear an answer here with Amy. Have, uh, have you seen any huge difference between like the podcast audience and the YouTube audience? Hmm. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. It may be hard to tell where they're coming from, I guess, if it's coming in from an email. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And of course I have an open email policy, so I get feedback a lot. Uh, but I don't know that I've noticed anything, you know, trait wise. It's that's wildly different. Okay. I was just, I was just curious and, uh, a good question. Actually, it was an interesting question, but guess what? The answer was no. The answer was no, Dave. I haven't seen any difference between a YouTube audience and a podcast audience. So normally, I would cut that out. There's 30 seconds of your life that you can't get back. So one of the low-hanging fruit, and when I edit an interview, uh, I use a program called Sony SoundForge that I pull just the interview up. This is the one I go in. I cut out ums and you knows and things like that. But you can place markers. Now, for the record, you can put markers in Audacity as well. And every time there's a new question, I mark it. And then I listen to the answer to hear a couple of things. Number one, did they answer the question? Because sometimes I can say, so tell me, what's your favorite color? And they just pull their string and, you know, they start spouting about how they were doing this or that. And they don't answer the question. So I listen for that. I also listen for, is the answer no? And in some cases, no is a... Uh, interesting. It's educational. In this case, it was just, no, haven't seen it. So that would be a quick editing lesson today. Listen for no's and then ask yourself, was there a story why there was a no? Was there no? Okay. Then get it out of there. There's a reason why there are magazine editors and newspaper editors and movie editors and television editors and et cetera, et cetera. Now, does this mean you have to edit? No, it's your podcast. By all means, do what you want. But uh, just so you know, I normally would edit that out. But uh, you also hear, did you hear how crappy that is? That was some bad audio. And uh, today's, at the end of the show, I'll explain that. There, there is some less than stellar audio in this uh, podcast. And I'll explain that at the end. Because right now, I want to get to a great question that my buddy Colin from Canada sent in. And it goes a little something like this. Hey, Dave, this is uh, Colin from Toronto. Hey. I'm thinking of starting a podcast. I know you talked about blog talk radio not being uh, particularly effective. What's your take on uh, Spreaker, Spreaker.com? You think that's a good place to start a podcast as well? Uh, you know, you talked about sound quality. What's your take on Spreaker in terms of sound quality? And is that is it too crowded to uh, do a podcast on or – 
Do you get lost in the shuffle? Can you load it on iTunes? What's your take on Spreaker? And uh, just let me know. There you go. Well, Colin, thank you so much, buddy, for uh, for calling that in. I actually talked about this on Ask the Podcast Coach, and uh, I thought it was a good good question. I want to talk about it over here as well. Ask the Podcast Coach every Saturday, uh, 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, a.m., askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And, of course, you can catch all those episodes uh, at askthepodcastcoach.com in case you can't get there live. And there are, I mentioned already, you know, there's Lipson, there's Blueberry, and then there is Spreaker. And I've, I've gone over the kind of criteria I have for podcasts. So, so I've talked about this in the past. And uh, there's only one itty-bitty thing that stops me from saying Spreaker is, is like the bomb. And that is, and it's because it's a different, it's a different business model over there. They do live, like if you want to do a podcast live with a, a, an audience and a chat room, they are very much like Blog Talk Radio. And for the record, Blog Talk Radio has changed their terms. And a very cool thing, uh, it, you know, I'm not a fan of, of Blog Talk Radio in the past. And uh, if you're new to the show, I was uh, I met one of the guys from Blog Talk Radio and said, hey, Dave, we took your one post that was titled 12 Reasons Why You Shouldn't Be Using Blog Talk Radio and we're knocking them off. And they have knocked off one now in their, their terms of service that before it was kind of written by lawyers for lawyers, they never really owned your content, but it sure looked like it unless you were a lawyer and could get through the legalese. So they have changed their terms that very clearly now says, we don't own your stuff, so don't think that we do. They're making some interesting strides over there at uh, Blog Talk Radio. Looking forward to seeing Andy Toe at uh, New Media Expo. But um, right now their audio, they, they have their beta program that I've been playing with. But right now, if you go over there, their audio is still caca poo poo. They have a great phone interface. Uh, but right now, no, I'm still not ready to recommend Blog Talk Radio. But Spreaker, if Spreaker, if there was a, a host that really has come on strong, I mean, Libsyn has done some cool things, right? You can publish to Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. You can pu- you can publish directly to your website if you're using WordPress with Spreaker. So they are with Spreaker. Let's get these straight with Libsyn, right? You can you can publish once on Libsyn and it goes everywhere, including your own app. So they've come on strong, and now their links play in Twitter and Facebook. Very, very cool stuff. Spreaker has really come on strong. Uh, they, they've made it to where you can leave them now. No questions asked. You want to leave Spreaker, you go, here's the redirect. And they have made it to where you can really customize the RSS feed for iTunes. They've done some really cool stuff, and they have that live capability. Their chat is really cool, and uh, I use them on Saturday mornings to do my, my live stuff. The only thing that drives me nuts, oh, the other thing I should say before we get to, to that, um, it used to be that they changed your file name. They don't anymore. It used to be that they changed your ID3 tags. They don't anymore. And part of that was because I came out and called them on it. And I told people, this is not good. So they are like my 2B. And the only thing that they don't have that Libsyn and Blueberry do is you can have unlimited back catalog at Libsyn and Blueberry because you're paying a monthly fee. And where Spreaker is different, you also have the ability to how long can you stream live? Okay, Libsyn and Blueberry don't have that. Uh, 
So consequently, their business model is a little different. It's a little different because the more money you spend each month over there, the more, the longer you can do a live show. Now, for the record, you can store about five years worth of material at Spreaker. And how many people are doing a podcast for five years? And I would love to know what happens when you run out of space. Like, do I have to pull things off? Or because I'm still paying you whatever, $20 a month, can I just keep it up there and have a huge back catalog? It's the only thing I dislike about them. Um, I've I've had conversations with uh, Francesco because uh, he actually approached me and said, why don't you like my company? And I told him, and then he changed it. So, but the one thing, so yeah, they're, they're not my, you know, I, I like them. Um, I, I would use them to me. Uh, and the, the one thing also in stats that you can get from Spreaker that you can't get from Libsyn or Blueberry, and Libsyn and Blueberry have phenomenal stats. They give you demographics on your audience. Now, I believe you have to, have the Big Shot Smarty Pants rights for that one. But it is interesting to uh, to see that. You can actually see how old your audience is. But I think you have to have the biggest package, which is pretty, it's like 120 bucks a month. Uh, but that is an option over there. And that's the other thing that Spreaker has. They have a community. Blueberry has their directory. But here's the thing I want to point out, and this is my main point for this whole thing. So what do I think of Spreaker? I think they're cool. You know, Do I like them as much as Lipson and Blueberry? No, but that doesn't mean I, I hate them. Like I said, they're they're like, you know, Lipson and Blueberry get an A, um, let's say A plus, you know, Spreaker gets like, you know, a, a B plus, almost an A. And let's go A. If the other ones get an A plus, see what I'm saying? It's just, it's okay. So here's the thing though. You talked about, does it affect your sound quality? No, that's blog talk radio has a problem because you're doing your podcast through the phone and so that's that's a problem, and they they kind of there are other websites like Buzzsprout that will hork your your file. That's the technical term they hork it. So and there are other websites like Podomatic. We've talked about this in the past, but Spreaker does not mess up your your audio file. But here's the thing: Lipson Blueberry Spreaker SoundCloud. I'm not even going to talk about that. SoundCloud is a is a joke in my book. Um, but here's the the bottom line: you 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 asked, is it too crowded? Is it too crowded? Not if you're good. When I, uh, I'm a musician, when we started uh, a, a band, this was years ago, you know, there are plenty of other bands in the, the Akron, Ohio area, but we started one anyway, and we were different. We, we dressed up on stage. We really interacted with our fans. We practiced. We constantly changed our songs so you weren't hearing the same songs anymore, and we did the work. And you know what? Yeah, we ended up on the front page of the Akron Beacon Journal when we were headlining the rib burn off because we did the work. So crowded, it's always going to be crowded. But let's look at this. Cleveland Brown Stadium holds 73,200 people. That's uh, where I live in Cleveland, Ohio, right? And I, I've mentioned this before that for every uh, one um, for every one podcast, there are 2,000, roughly 2,000 bloggers, so in a stadium of 73,200-ish, okay, we're doing ish math here. If you said, all right, if everybody could leave and, except for the podcasters, there would be 37 people left in that stadium. 73,200, yeah. If all the bloggers could leave, please, there'd be 37 people left. So where is it easier to get found? It's easier to be found in the podcast world because there are a billion people subscribed to iTunes, roughly, 
how that works. There's there's a little, you know, let's, let's not get too crazy about that. There are a lot of people subscribe to iTunes downloads, right, or, uh, um, subscriptions. And there's only 37 of, of, you know, how are you going to get noticed? Do you want to go stand in the crowd of 37 or the crowd of 73,200? 73, Same thing I did before with the 2001. It's just a different way of looking at it. So, yeah, it's always going to be crowded no matter where you go, even if it's 37 people. But I'd rather try to get a job, get the attention of somebody in a room of 37 than in a room of 73,000. And that's where you have to to do the work. Now, your where you're hosted has nothing almost to do with how many downloads you're going to get. I've had people go, "Well, you know what? I'm I'm going to get the downloads now because I'm on Libsyn." Dave, I emailed I you know, I used your code SOP free. Thanks, Dave. I'm on Libsyn now. I'm sure going to get the downloads. I actually know you're not because it's the same content. You know, if you have content that doesn't make people laugh, cry, think, or groan, doesn't touch them, doesn't impact them. It doesn't matter if you're on Spreaker or Libsyn or Blueberry or SoundCloud or Podomatic or or, or on your own web service. It's not going to make a difference. So if you're thinking that where I host it is going to make a difference, it's it's not. The only, thing it, the only thing it affects is your wallet, uh, your storage, and your download speed. And all those three have those covered. So I just want to make sure that it, it's not uh, picking your host on that. Now, does Spreaker have a bit of an advantage where there are a lot of people listening over there? Uh, yeah, actually they do a little bit. Now, is it a big advantage? No. I'm going to say it's less than 10% of my downloads. I need to do that stat. That's my homework for next week. I'm going to examine a uh, one episode and see how many of my downloads came from my website, mainly uh, Libsyn, how many came from SoundCloud, how many came from Speaker, how many came from Stitcher, and uh, I will let you know that next week, but it's not going to be a huge amount. It's not going to be a huge amount, it, you know, so don't don't get hung up on that as well, but I appreciate the uh, the question, and um, it, it's, a, it's a definitely, it's, it's something to look at, and they do have a free account, so if nothing else, go over and upload your files over there and, and see what you get. Uh, in terms of the free content. Are you the person in charge of your website? Then come check out the Weekly Web Tools podcast at weeklywebtools.com. Each week, we spotlight and review tools. We discuss strategies on web design and promotion. We talk a little SEO, all with the intent of enhancing your website. The Weekly Web Tools podcast. It's the podcast for the do-it-yourself webmaster. Check it out at weeklywebtools.com. Amy Schmidt-Tower is a fellow Ohioan, and uh, I've been enjoying watching her YouTube videos and now consuming her podcast and uh, listening to her freeze along with me. And uh, without further ado, I will say this. This particular, and I'm kind of bummed because this is a really good interview. Wait till you hear. Just Amy has a background in, in marketing and growing an audience and connecting with people. And I wanted her insights both on YouTube and and podcasting because now she's she's basically a YouTuber, right? A very smart YouTuber. And she's now got her toe in the podcasting pool. So I wanted to get her insights on that. And to make a long story short, I bumped some knobs on my mixer and I'm distorted 
through most of this episode of the uh, of, of this interview. It is what it is. I've done what I can to clean it up. In the process of cleaning me up, it, it kind of uh, can um, – I, I know I'm talking to you right now. I, hold on a second. John Buchanan, I'm sorry, buddy. It's got a little of that underwater effect thing that I know drives you nuts. So, John, I'm sorry, but it was it was either the little underwater effect thing or um, – did you hear it on this one? Like, hear, listen to this in the background. Have, uh, have you seen any huge difference between – like the podcast, hear that? Mm, it's, it's going through every, it's, yeah. So I got rid of that, but in the process we lost a little bit. So we traded one audio problem for another. And I think it's it's definitely listenable. And with that, I will shut up and wait till you hear the awesomeness that is Amy Schmittauer. You can find her at SavvySexySocial.com. And she's actually on tour. She's doing a tour, SavvySexySocialLive.com. Here is my talk with Amy. Well, joining me via Skype, I'm really excited about this. This is going to be a cool interview. It is Amy Schmidt-Tower, and uh, she's owned a company, still owns a company, actually, as a matter of fact, called uh, Vlogboss Studios, and uh, she is a digital marketing consultant. Some might just call her a YouTuber, but I think you're actually more than that, and uh, I'm excited because now you are, are bilingual. You are a YouTuber and a podcaster, and that's when I went, hold on. Because you got uh, 26,221 subscribers. You got 1,347,908 views and 10.7 Twitter K followers. And I'm like, I want to have somebody who's got that kind of resume. Get your insights on uh, what you think of podcasting now that you've dumped into the pool. So, Amy, thanks for coming on the show. Well, holler at your girl. You got my resume all lined out there. That's awesome. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, bilingual. I've never heard it called that. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm using that one. So I'm really interested in like the YouTube side of the fence and then we'll get your insights on the podcasting side of the fence. Sure. Um, what do you think are like some of the biggest like misconceptions of people on YouTube? Oh, well, that's that's a good question. I think probably the first and foremost and of course is is something I have to field in questioning all the time mm -hmm. is that somebody who is good at creating video is also a comedian slash outgoing crazy personality in real life. And so the funny thing about that is, you know, a lot of people that started on YouTube years ago, um, this whole idea of meeting them in person ended up kind of coming to a screeching halt for a lot of fans because just because you make videos in your bedroom doesn't necessarily mean you're great in, in a live situation. Um, but I feel like that's the first misconception. It sort of leads to people thinking that I have been this uh, crazy, exciting, fun, outgoing personality all my life who was a ham in front of the camera. And that's just not a fact <laughs> at all. And um, I just have the ability to get my thoughts out and into a camera and edit it in a capacity that makes it a, a quick and easy and consumable conversation. So I would say that's a pretty big misconception. I want to I'm going to jump in here. There are a couple of times I'm going to jump in today. I'm going to do I'm going to do the Dave thing and jump in. I have so many people that contact me and they say they're afraid to start podcasting. And they're worried about this. And I'm just saying, number one, you're not alone. You're not alone. I've told people in the past, I got fired from my first job because I was too shy. An easy way to get over the hump is to start a podcast. And you're like, Dave, it's not easy. Okay, a way to get over that. 
is to podcast. And Amy herself says, whoa, 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 I'm shy. And if you watch her YouTube channel, if you listen to her in her podcast, it sure doesn't come across that way. And you can do it. Well, tell us about that. So how, like, how shy were you? Oh, I've been shy my whole life. My mom's struggling to find all the photos of my childhood that I have thrown away (laughs) because there were only like five. Um, I've always been really shy and I've always been extremely introverted, Uh, but I'm also somebody that specializes in marketing and networking. So I'm respectful of that. I think it's okay to be an introvert and it's okay to also know when it's the right time to step up your game and, um, and, and present yourself the way that you should when the in-person and live situations happen. So, uh, I think, I think you can have a balance of both and it's actually not that bad. It's actually kind of healthy in my opinion. So yeah, I've been shy for a long time. You should have seen me trying to use a camera early, early on. I was inspired by YouTube in 2006, 2007, I bought a camera and didn't use it for a long time. <laughs> Do you still have those videos from like the early, early days? Can oh, we see for those? Sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a channel called Schmatastic you can go to. <laughs> That's, that was where it all started. That was my personal vlogging adventure. And that was where I really started publishing videos for the first time. And it was really just me kind of sharing um, my fun times with my friends. And then eventually it just became me because my friends kind of got bored of it. And I was like, well, I don't have anything to edit. I have to now become this web personality just so I have material to work with. And, um, and so that's really what that channel did it. It's funny because, um, when people want me to pull up a savvy, sexy social video, which is the channel that's focused on networking, marketing, um, social media, et cetera. And they want me to pull one up. I'm embarrassed of it's not impossible. There are many, (laughs) but that wasn't, you know, when I started that channel, I had still spent, I had been on YouTube for years at that point. So I, I had an idea of how to talk to a camera. So when you're wanting to go back way back, you go to youtube.com slash metastic. Awesome. I will be going there after this interview. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's talk about that. So obviously you've been doing this a while, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you think people make when they start to make a YouTube channel? I think that they get on there and they don't think about what the true cadence of a YouTube channel is like. And, and they don't think about what their audience's experience should be like. Most people will be really freaked out in front of a camera and they'll immediately go into their elevator pitch. And I'm always somebody that says you should treat your audience like they've always been loyal. It doesn't matter if it's their first video. If it's good enough and you reel them in quickly enough, they'll watch your second and then they'll watch a third and then they'll watch a fourth. And then they really are becoming loyal to you. So rather than diving straight into, hi, my name is Amy and this is a website called SavvySexySocial.com. And today I think we should talk about video, but more specific. I mean, like by the time you get to your point, you're at the 30 second mark. And on YouTube, you have an average of eight seconds for somebody to decide if they're going to stick around. Did you hear that? Eight seconds. Holy cow. That is not a lot of time. There's a joke there somewhere, but I'm not going there. And that's even more forgiving than where Facebook is at this point. You know, Facebook's audience retention is just crap for longer form content, which is funny. I'm saying that because long form comment content used to be much longer than three minutes. And that's what it is on Facebook. So it's um, it's really interesting how quickly you need to get to your point. But it really will do you justice and it'll help build a, a very loyal audience. Save your clothes for the end. After people get that great value, 
say at the end of the video who you are and what they can do to pay you back. Maybe it's a like and a subscribe. Maybe it's joining an email list. But saying your elevator pitch at the beginning is a good way to make it set off like a sales video. And that's just not what you should be using YouTube for. That's a great point. That's why if you're asking people to subscribe to your podcast, if you do that when you first start, like, hey, welcome to the show. Subscribe to us at schoolpodcasting.com slash iTunes. People are like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Hold on a second there, right? It's like if this was a date, you know, you're trying to close the deal and we haven't even had dinner yet. So hold on a second there. And uh, really now a better call to action is to go to the website, give your web, you know, and then make it very obvious when they get there. Here's where you subscribe. But uh, I, I thought that was a great point. Again, so many of us, we say when you're growing your podcast, go there, make friends with people. Then tell them about your podcast. Because when you walk in and go, hi, I'm Dave. I have a podcast. People are like, who? Who are you again? Make friends with them. So here, putting your call to action at the end, now they care about you. Now you've given them something. It's the whole law of reciprocity comes into play, and you do your call to action at the end. Yeah, that's absolutely. And uh, I, I love the fact, the thing I like about your videos is you do get to the point, and your entertaining and funny without like pull my finger and you know uh -huh. you know what I mean it's like it's just yeah. to me I'm a sarcastic kind of guy and I love your you know there's always like here's my point jump cart sarcasm yeah. back to another point and I'm just like yeah. all right that's I was immediately sucked in and uh so what made you start a podcast I definitely wanted to get into the audio space because I really loved the idea of creating content that didn't require putting makeup on. <laughs> um, so that's one, which is also why I don't like video podcasts. <laughs> uh, it's funny like that. I'm the one that says that, but that's, that's the truth. And I, I was also listening to my audience. Like that's the truth of it. I was having people say, Hey, make more videos. And I was like, screw you. I make three videos a week. Like yeah. if that's not enough for you, like, man, woo, go watch some over again. Cause I'm sure you could relearn that <laughs> stuff, but I wanted to create more content. I like to write, but it's more of a chore for me. And I thought podcasting sounds like fun because I don't have to edit out every breath that I take like I do with my YouTube videos. And again, it was an opportunity for long form content, more of a relaxed atmosphere. And for me, I had also fine tuned the ability to answer questions on the fly, have a conversation really quickly, get to the point without saying, um... And I think that is a great thing to have in your arsenal if you want to start a podcast where the conversation is all that's going to carry people through. You can have the fireworks, you can have the sound effects, you can have the cuts, you can have the, the intros. But if you can't have a really interesting long form content type of conversation, it's not going to do well. So I feel like video prepared me for that adventure. And when my audience asked me for more content, I said, cool. I want to jump on the podcasting bandwagon. You guys come with me. It'll be a blast. Awesome. Well, the thing I love about it after, because I, I found you via video, started listening to your podcast, and now I'm getting the behind the scenes of the video on the podcast. You right. Know what I mean? right. So it's kind of like I, I heard about your, uh, you're doing a tour right now, which has got to be pretty awesome. It's and, so awesome. Let me tell you. And how many cities? Seven cities, because seven is my lucky number. And actually, that just occurred to me. I didn't really line it up that way, but that's cool. 
but it was cool because I could hear you saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about talking about this and I don't want to be a commercial. It was much more, it gave you more than three minutes to actually, you know, you, you got to the point, but you right. didn't have to get to it quite so immediately. Exactly. And I can kind of explain like, here's the deal. This is, this is why I'm doing this. This is something that is actually a feasible call to action for you guys. Like this is content you want. I have people that watch the videos, they listen to the podcast and they reach out and they want to find a way to work with me, but I've targeted such a small business. They can't hire me. And even if they pull together those resources and, and, and the budget and the time, they can't execute once they've gotten the advice. So for me, it doesn't really make sense for me to commit you to a consulting contract of three to six months. It makes more sense to say, hey, let's get into a group consulting atmosphere. I'll come to you. You set the, the weekend day aside for me. It's a few hundred bucks. And I'm going to give you your content strategy from beginning to end, talking about the medium of video. And you will not only execute that day, you'll execute when you leave because you'll be so excited about why you're doing what you're doing and how it actually makes sense for your sales funnel. Now, obviously I found you from, from videos and went to your podcast. Have you had anybody go the other way? Have you had somebody contact that you said, Hey, I just, I just found the marketing lifestyle show on, on iTunes and I, I love it. And I'm, I just found your videos. Have you had that happen yet? Uh, absolutely. And that was actually a piece of advice that John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire had given me directly. And, and I, and I just said, you know, like, I'm not really sure about how this podcasting thing is going to work out for me. I feel like it's more of a customer service to my, my video audience. Mm. And he said, you know, absolutely. And of course that's what it is, but also you're really offering an opportunity for people who are signing up for longer content and saying, I do want to listen to you for this long to subscribe and then say, Oh, I got to check these videos out, taking advantage of things like new and noteworthy and the really great organic promotions that iTunes and Stitcher will do to kind of get you out there. If you have good content, they'll do that and then have those new people find out, Hey, she's got a three day a week video show. So absolutely. It's certainly not more that direction than it is video people going to the podcast, right. but it's absolutely moved the needle. Well, the one question I want to ask about, cause I'm, I'm not a female and of course <laughs> your, your website is savvy, sexy, yeah. And I've heard you mention this before, but if you could, exp how creepy are dudes? Dudes are always creepy. I mean, that's, that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, here's the thing. Um, I thought I was being super clever with my name and I still believe that. Mm -hmm. And it is clever. I think it makes people think a little bit harder, but the fun thing is when they think harder about what sexy, sexy really means in the name. And when you get to the blog and when you start consuming content, realizing like, Oh, I get it. She's talking about like making your online presence more sexy in a way that's going to be beneficial to your brand. Now you don't have to have sexy in the name to be a female on YouTube and have creepy dudes, you know, kind of show up <laughs> that that's not weird. But the cool thing is that when you realize that the YouTube comment section can actually be less scary than the rest of the world wants to say it is, um, that's when stuff gets really awesome. I mean, I am so active 
in my comment section, people know I'm going to be there. People know I'm listening. People know I'm going to reply and I'll do it within reason. I can't reply to every single person, uh, from now until the end of time. But if you comment on my video pretty soon after it's gone to publish, at least in the same week, I'm trying to get back to your comment. So with that in mind, yeah, creeps show up all the time. It's YouTube and it's the comment section and they don't have to put their picture in their avatar and they can have a fake name if they want. But most people will go to bat for me because they know I'm so active there and they're my brand advocates. And also a lot of people, if I reply to them after they've said something that's super mean and stupid, a lot of times they come back and they're kind of nice the next time. So it's really interesting how quickly you can turn a troll. Interesting. Yeah. It's cool when your audience steps up to, uh, to kind of fight for you, you know, like, you're, oh yeah. You're our, our champion and you've you've attacked the queen, so Yeah. You will release the hounds. The one thing I definitely want to get you to talk about, it's one of my favorite videos that I've seen so far. I haven't gone back through the the four hundred plus yet, but I'm working <laughs> my way back. Um but you had one called Do the Work and it sounded like occasionally maybe you run across either a client or somebody who of course wants to get to the top of the charts and your, your answer was do the work. So expand on that a little bit. I always say when something's happening, turn the camera on. Cause a lot of people are, are, are trying to do the opposite. They're like, Oh, I need something to talk about. And it's like, okay, well, if you would just turn the camera on when things were happening, then you'd actually be more um, easily able to make a video on the fly when you need something to talk about. And what was happening with me that day was you know, I, I was getting a lot of responses from clients and potential clients basically saying, how do we get to this point? And then I would tell them how, and then I've got to hear all the reasons why they can't. Time, uh, limited resources, no staff, time, time, time. I mean, just like it, it's the never ending story of excuses. And I think it's just with anything, you know, Amy, how do you make three videos a week? Amy, how do you have inbox zero? Amy, how do you look so sexy after going to the gym all the time? That's not true. That's usually the question I'm asking <laughs> other people. Anytime you want to ask somebody how they could possibly, you know, maybe first consider it's a priority for them. And then the rest of it shakes itself out. Everybody has the same amount of time in a day. If you do the work, you're much more likely to see a result. You're much more likely to see something you can measure. And that's my, that was my pet peeve that day was that somebody was literally paying me a four-figure retainer every month to get on the phone and tell me why they couldn't do what I wanted them to do to change the game for their online presence. And that sucks for me. It sucks for you more because you're wasting your money. But it sucks for me that I I don't want your money if you're not going to do something to make a change. I am I don't want that. You're not a portfolio item for me. This isn't fun for me that I get to talk about something I'm extremely passionate about and I'm creative in and you're not going to do it. I can't expect everybody to be as passionate about this as I am. But if you don't even intend to do the work, this is not a fun job for me anymore. And in order for me to keep doing what I love, I have to be doing it for people who are at least going to give it a try. Just give it a freaking try. (laughs) You know, it's like, just give me the benefit of the doubt that you agreed to pay me to advise you on this matter and do ask you to do something that just might work. Yeah, I I know when I started getting into podcasting and started spending more and more building my brand, 
uh, the less I could identify the people on the magazines at the grocery store. And that's actually kind of a good thing because most of those people I could care less about. You know, I can live without knowing what the Kardashians are up to. And uh, that's I a- can't, but I totally <laughs> understand where you're coming from. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so one of the stories I wanted you to talk about, um, we have a segment on the show called Because of My Podcast. So we could call this uh, mm. Because of My YouTube, I guess. Um, you had somebody offer to to paint a, a picture of your dog. Somebody emailed you and said, Amy, you've helped out my company, my business, my marketing efforts so much. Mm-hmm. I want to do something for you. So it's the ultimate law of reciprocity. Right. And they said, all I do, all I really have, my talent is, is painting. Can I paint a picture of your dog? Right. And I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. So that did, to me, it was just a great example of, of when you provide value to your audience you know, they do feel an indebted to you. I also spoke with someone who said, hey, you know, I can't, I cannot buy your product. I cannot come on your tour, but you have completely changed my marketing strategy. And I want to say a thank you now. Maybe I'll be able to do that in the future. And I've had that happen. I've had um, just people put my, every single video I've ever posted is on blast on all their social media platforms. I've had somebody offer to make a custom Valentine's day card for my boyfriend so that it made it look like I did all the work. I mean, like just whatever you can think of, people do try to get really creative in the way that they, and I also get cards for every single holiday. My PO box is listed in my videos. I get cards for, I'm literally every holiday, I got a card for Halloween once. So people do go above and beyond to repay you in any way that they can once you've allowed them to become your brand advocates. And it's a, it's a very special thing. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. Well, speaking of branding, I wanted to, to throw this one by you because you do have a, a marketing background. Everyone says, you know, when you're starting out, you have to define your audience, right? You can't hit a target if you don't know what it is. Right. So- what if I'm just starting out? I'm, I'm Joe podcaster. I, I'm barely understanding the microphone thing. I know I want to talk about something. I, I'm passionate about whatever. How do you tell somebody to like, what's the first step of defining, defining the avatar? You know, it's funny you bring this up because this is actually a step we do at Savvy Sexy Social Live where we actually hand out like a worksheet and we make you sit there and look at it and start writing down these traits. And if you, you need to write down everything you need to like, is it male or female? Is this person, you know, what age group ideally the the key to this whole thing is not necessarily those details. Those t- those details are great because the only reason why I'm able to speak to a camera is because I'm not looking at a device. I'm looking at a person and it's that person that I'm thinking of. And until you do that, You're just going to be, especially the writing down of the stuff. A lot of people will say, oh, I know who my audience is, and they'll try to spit it out to you. But if you never try to write it down and really formulate who the avatar is, you're really not doing it. So that's why we, we like make people write it down. But it's memorizing who that person is. If you're saying it could be anyone, good luck. I'm, I can't work with you. I am not going to help you make a marketing plan for everyone. You know, the, the, the people that are doing that are also the same people that are telling you, you need to be on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all of the above. 
No, that's not real life. You pick the ones that are the most likely to be seen by your audience, and then you only pick the ones you actually intend to engage, and then you only hang out where those people are hanging out, and you do the best you can to make it a great experience for them, but you can't do any of that, and you're only going to spread yourself thin if you don't define who that is. So I feel like the first step is just writing down anything you know about current uh, previous and potential clientele, because until you do that, you're marketing to everyone and you're not going to, it's a hobby. That's why I watched the girl's YouTube channel. That was gold. My friend, you got to <laughs> check out her website. It's savvy, sexy, social.com. Savvy is with two V's. It turns out who, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're spelling challenged like I am, Hey, I used to own savvy, sexy, social.com with two A's and one V is that what you <laughs> And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> and you you did mention your product. You have Zero to Pro Vlogger, the boot camp. And yeah, that's my online course. It's a five-video course. It's sort of like Savvy Sexy Social Live, except I'm not there in person with you, and it's a much more uh, streamlined uh, learning process. So you still co go through all those things, coming up with your strategy, coming up with your audience coming up with your content structure before you dive into the whole what are you filming with how are you editing and how do you seo and share the thing if somebody wants to find out you know they want to come hear you speak where can they find all that I speak in a lot of places. All of that stuff is at savvysexysocial.com. I have a speaking page, but more specifically savvy sexy social live uh, we have six cities remaining, San Francisco, San Diego, Dallas, Austin, New York City, and then Orlando. So uh, all that information is at SavvySexySocialLive.com. And I did see for all my friends across the pond, uh, you will be at, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. It's New at, Media Europe. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So I'll be, you'll have to say hello to uh, Mike and Isabella for me. They are awesome people. And, sure. Uh, Lots of really cool. I'm not making that trip, unfortunately, but uh, you will definitely have a good time over there. I'm really excited about it. And just spoiler alert, I'm thinking about because I'm going to be over there adding a date to the Savvy Sexy Social Live calendar in London. So that's still in the works. There you go. That sounds ah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks. Well, Amy, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I knew you would rock and you did. And, um, Thanks for sharing your insights and uh, anything else we should plug before we let you get out the door. That's a lot of plugging. So I think we should just let people <laughs> go do it. Thank you so much for having me on, David. This was awesome. There you go. The one, the only fabulous savvy, sexy, social live.com is where you can see her. And uh, if you want to check out her course, that is it. That is at savvy, sexy, social.com. The, Fabulous Amy Schmidt-Tower, very, very cool person. And another great example of someone who is just like they are in the video. She's sarcastic. She's funny. She, and this is my, I know uh, Corey and, and Nick and Tony over at the Podcasters Group Therapy. It's a new podcast about podcasting. These are folks that, uh, I, we're talking about avatars and I like people who take their content. She talked about, you know, people that don't have time to do things. I want people who take their content seriously, but don't take themselves too seriously and want to have fun along the way. I mean, somebody, uh, David Hooper will be in a future episode 
And he said one of the things he likes about this show is the snark factor. He says, Dave, you're a little snarky. And uh, I guess I am. I like to have fun. The phrase I always use for my classes when I'm teaching people technology is edutainment, right? It's, it's yes, you're learning, but if you're actually having fun along the way, it doesn't feel so much like school. So I want to thank you for tuning in. That is going to do it for this episode. And again, everything you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 453. If you don't have a website yet, send me an email if you're going to start a podcast with the phrase quick start. And I can basically give you a month at the school of podcasting.com. Uh, speaking of that, before we get out the door, it, well, let me finish that thought. I'll send you a link. You order a, uh, a link for your hosting. I earn a commission off of that. You get a free month at the school of podcasting and I'll install all the plugins for WordPress for you. If you are a member of the school of podcasting, if you are an affiliate for the School of Podcasting. Did you know that? You can actually make money referring people to the School of Podcasting. I just switched my platform. I'm no longer uh, using what I used to use, which is cool because now I have a whole separate website for the membership site. Man, is that cool. But you should have received an email saying, here's your new login name and password. If you didn't get that and you're a current member of the School of Podcasting, let me know. Go over and click on the contact button and fill that in. If you are an old member of the School of Podcasting and got an email saying, hey, here's your new login, chances are by the time you figure that out, I've turned off your access because I did have that happen just a smidge. And if you are an affiliate for the School of Podcasting, uh, you can do that by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash partners. Uh, your old links will not work at the end of the month. And um, it's going to be now through a company called JV Zoo, which stands for um, JV, uh, Junior Junior Varsity, if it was a high school football game. That's driving me, driving me nuts. But anyway, it's uh, JV Partner. That's going to come to me as soon as I hit stop. Anyway, so if you're a, an affiliate, you need to go get new links. And uh, right now your old links work, but they won't at the end of the month. And uh, that's so that's some housekeeping going on here. And uh, I got to tell you, the feedback I'm getting from people on the new platform, it's just easier to navigate. It's easier to find stuff. You can take notes right there on the website. So if you're watching something like, hmm, I need to check this out, you can type notes right there on the website. You've got a progress bar to show you how many videos you have to go through to finish this particular topic. Of course, you've got the Facebook group still and uh, the resource section with everything there for you. And now you've got downloadable links for some of the, the kind of worksheets and things like that. I'm really proud of it. it. It took me a long time to get that together. But if you're a member of the School of Podcasting and you've not got your new login name, please contact me because very soon, uh, by the end of April, I'm going to blow up the School of Podcasting front page and build it from the ground up. Uh, so if you are a member, please uh, let me know if you haven't got your new login. But uh, And if you're not a member of the School of Podcasting, use the coupon code LISTENER. L-A-S-T-E-N-E-R and sign up. That'll save you off your first month. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you again next week. And until then, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless.